Good morning, faithful listeners. I hope you had a wonderful, wonderful weekend and were able to enjoy sunshine. My area has been very rainy recently, and so it's been kind of sad because my plants are all dying because of overwatering, <laughs> and I don't know what to do about it. I do not know what to do to save my poor plants. It's been a really weird summer. It's been very weird. It's been very cold. Then it got really hot this past weekend, like hot and muggy, and it's been storming like every other day and thundering and raining. I don't think we've really had like a break from the rain. It's it's like every 30 hours we get more rain. So I'm hoping for just some days of just complete sunshine really, really soon. But okay, let's go ahead and read Judges chapter 2, verses 18 through 23 today. And since today is kind of a short passage of scripture, and also it's kind of talking about stuff that we kind of discussed on Friday, I want to go into the different idols that Israel found themselves worshiping instead of Yahweh. So I'm going to go into each of the famous or infamous ones that we're going to hear about a lot in the next uh, coming um, books of the Bible. (laughs) I was going to say weeks, but no, it's going to be for like the rest of the Old Testament, basically. So I want to talk about each one and really discuss what people did to worship each one of these idols. So let's start by reading Judges chapter 2, verses 18 through 23. As I always do, I'll be reading out the W.E.B. or the World English Bible. When Yahweh raised up judges for them, then Yahweh was with the judge and saved them out of the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. For it grieved Yahweh because of their groaning by reason of those who oppressed them and troubled them. But when the judge was dead, they turned back and dealt more corruptly than their fathers by following other gods to serve them and to bow down to them. They didn't cease what they were doing or give up their stubborn ways. Yahweh's anger burned against Israel, and he said, Because this nation transgressed my covenant, which I commanded their fathers, and has not listened to my voice, I will also no longer drive out any of the nations that Joshua left when he died from before them, that by them I may test Israel to see if they will keep Yahweh's way to walk therein as their fathers kept it or not. So Yahweh left those nations without driving them out hastily. He didn't deliver them into Joshua's hand. So on Friday, we really went into how Israel basically disobeyed God from the get-go. Even while Joshua was still alive, the Israelites refused to do what God told the Israelites to do. They left the Canaanites in the land and made them slaves. And God was like, no, don't do that. Completely drive them out of the land. Do not make them slaves. But out of the greed of the Israelites, they decided to put the Canaanites to forced labor. But of course, that was a sin. And so on Friday, we talked about the beginning of Judges chapter 2, where Yahweh's angel comes to the people and basically is like, why have you done this? Why haven't you driven the people out of the land? Why haven't you taken possession of it? So because you haven't listened to me, basically immediately, I am no longer going to help you drive out all these nations. And so that's where you can see some of the backstory of Judges chapter one, where we went into that last week and how the Israelites just had so many military losses and like all these Canaanites were just living in the land and the Israelites were like living with them as neighbors. But this caused a lot of problems for the Israelites. The Canaanites living with them would cause not only the Israelites to start worshiping pagan gods, 
but also they would harass the Israelites and also purposefully hurt the Israelites. So the Canaanites in the land was was a big problem for the Israelites. And that's why God wanted the Israelites to get rid of the Canaanites completely. So Judges chapter two, after Yahweh's angel or Jesus appears to the Israelites, the rest of Judges two goes into almost like a summary of what the entire book of Judges is about. Basically, how God is going to you know, appoint judges to Israel to help Israel defeat the Canaanites and help them like get back on the right track with God and help the Israelites to stop worshiping other false pagan gods and stuff. So starting in verse 18, which is what we read today, it says, when Yahweh raised up judges for Israel, then Yahweh was with the judge and he saved Israel out of the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. For it grieved Yahweh because of their groaning by reason of those who oppressed them and troubled them. So basically, when Israel started getting oppressed, they would start crying back out to God, even though they worshiped the pagan gods. They didn't cry to those gods. They cried to Yahweh God because (laughs) they knew in their hearts that Yahweh was really the real God. And so they'd cry back out to, to Yahweh and they'd be like, Yahweh, we are so sorry that, you know, we started started following these other pagan gods. We know that you're the true God. Like, please save us from our enemies. And so that was when God would, you know, appoint a judge. And the judge was typically also a warrior. And so this judge would go and save the Israelites from whoever was oppressing them at the time. And then in verse 19, it talks about, but when the judge was dead, the Israelites would turn back and be even more corrupt than before. They'd be even more corrupt than their fathers in following other gods to serve them and to bow down to them. It says they didn't cease what they were doing or give up their stubborn ways. So every single time a judge would die, we're going to find out, the Israelites just went back to worshiping other pagan gods like over and over and over again. This is how society functions. A lot of people like to say it's the pendulum. I've heard that multiple times where people will turn away from God, basically, and start doing whatever they want. And then at that point, you know, problems will begin to happen. I actually just read, I think, in Proverbs 28, that when a leader is corrupt or when leaders of a kingdom are corrupt or morally wrong, that kingdom will begin to fall. And that's kind of like the the idea of the pendulum. The pendulum will will reach the lowest point and then go back up because people will begin to realize that they need morality and they need values and they need God, basically. And so then the pendulum will swing back up and then it always swings back down again. And so that's the that's the analogy I've heard multiple times about morality. And so it's kind of the same thing that happens here with the Israelites. There's like a pendulum when a judge is alive. The pendulum is at the highest point, but when the judge dies, the pendulum falls back down to its lowest point, basically, and it just keeps swinging back and forth and back and forth. And so um, Yahweh, of course, would keep raising judges up or appointing judges. Every single time Israel was like, no, Yahweh, we need you again. And, And God would be forgiving and merciful over and over. So what I alluded to at the beginning of this podcast is I want to talk about the different gods that Israel is going to serve. The three main ones are the three pagan gods, Baal or Baal or Baal, whatever you want to call it, uh, 
Ashtara, and also Moloch. Those are the three that you're going to see be mentioned multiple times. Now, of course, there's other gods that are going to pop up as well, like Queen of Heaven, I think, is one that's going to pop up later on. God of Goddess of Destiny, I think. Um, and then just a handful of others. I think El and Dagon as well will be mentioned at some point. So the three main ones that I really want to discuss, though, is Baal, Moloch, and Ashtara. I did a lot of research on Baal. And I'm going to be honest with you, my research blew my mind and actually has completely changed everything I now believe about little g-gods. So before my recent discovery on Baal, I kind of thought that there were, you know, pagan religions that would pop up in the old days, but that they were all different. They were all different in some way. However, I found out that Baal is likely the same god as Moloch. And to take it even further than that, Baal is also the same god as Zeus. And Baal is also the same god as the Roman god Jupiter. I, I like this blew my mind. I'm not even joking. And I found this out from both Britannica.com and also the Armstrong Institute of Biblical Archaeology. So when the Greeks rose to power... They renamed the ancient god Baal, Zeus Baalus, or Zeus Baal. And then later on, the Romans renamed Baal, Jupiter Baalus. <laughs> so basically, they are the same god. And what was Baal? Baal was the storm god. Hence why you see Zeus in ancient Greek mythology holding a lightning bolt. Baal was often also seen as the god of thunder the uh, god of lightning and storms and also of fertility as well. So Baal has been worshipped for much longer than I ever expected. And the reason this, this absolutely blew my mind is because I realized that all false gods are connected. So this made me go down a whole rabbit hole of how far does this go? Like is Baal still being worshipped to this day with just a different name? Possibly. So this shows that Baal is nothing but a sad imitation of Yahweh. According to the pagans, Baal was basically the the supreme god. He was, you know, all-powerful in different ways. He controlled the storm. He controlled rain. He controlled fertility and, and crops and basically everything else. He was a fake Yahweh. And Baal, it's very funny, Baal actually means Lord. So over the years, people began confusing Baal with the true Yahweh because of the similarity in their names, but they are not the same. And God made himself very clear to the Israelites that he and Baal were different. Now, Moloch, on the other hand, most likely was Baal, just with a different name. There were kind of like different offshoots, I guess, of Baalism back in these days. And so Baal would have different names depending on the people who worshipped Baal and and Moloch would have been one of those names. I also did not realize that Moloch and Baal were the same god. But Moloch looked like a bull and Baal also looked like a bull. And Baal also required human sacrifices, according to the people. So Baal and Moloch most likely are also the same god. So Moloch, also known as Baal, 
required human sacrifice. And this human sacrifice was pretty much the sickest human sacrifice you could ever think of because it was with newborn babies, newborn baby boys to be specific. So a a father who would, you know, pray to Moloch or to Baal for rain for the crops would have to go sacrifice his firstborn son at the hands of Moloch, like literally because Moloch was a bowl-shaped statue that had like his hands like outstretched and cupped and it would be a big old statue. And the, the, the statue would be heated up. It was a bronze statue. It would be heated up to like an extreme temperature. And this baby would be placed on the cupped hands of this statue and boiled to death as the priests of Moloch played drums and instruments to drown out the horrific screams and cries of the child being sacrificed at the hands of Moloch. Other historical documents show that another way babies were sacrificed was just by throwing them into a heated pit and uh, killing the young baby that way as well. So that is how the people would worship Moloch or Baal. And another way they would worship them actually would be by erecting these phallic shaped towers and uh, basically having sex underneath them. And that is because Baal was the god of fertility. So fertility could mean anything from growing crops to having a baby yourself. So anytime someone wanted to pray to Baal to bless them, I guess, in one of these avenues, they would just go have sex underneath a phallic-shaped statue. Now, Asherah is the other one we are going to see. Asherah was like the the goddess of fertility, and she was also the sister and consort of Baal. And over time, from my understanding, as the Israelites began worshiping Yahweh and Baal as well as Asherah, they began like putting Asherah poles inside of the temple of Yahweh, saying that Asherah was Yahweh's consort or Yahweh's wife or something like that. And so the the goddess Asherah, the way the people would worship her, they would erect these poles and they would have orgies underneath them. And the saddest thing about this was that um, the, the orgies would be out in the open. It actually says in scripture that the Asherah poles were underneath every green tree and on every hilltop. So it had like everything to do with sexual deviancy out in the open. Now, a different way that the people would worship Asherah and Baal, I believe both, would be through temple prostitutes as well. So people would go and sleep with their temple prostitute. Didn't matter if it was a man or a woman. We find out later on, and I actually just read this, I think, in in 2 Kings, that one of the kings of Israel or Judah ended up putting temple prostitutes inside of Yahweh's temple. This was something stated very, very directly by God's own mouth back in the law that temple prostitutes should never be allowed in any way, shape, or form, and that daughters should never, ever become temple prostitutes or prostitutes, and any father that would sell their daughter into that kind of a lifestyle should be basically condemned. I don't know if he would be put to death or not. I can't remember, but he would be condemned because of the humiliation that that would be on a young woman of Israel. So temple prostitution, according to Yahweh, never was okay. Now, hopefully you guys can see why 
God hated this paganism so much because they were a fake Yahweh. They took aspects of Yahweh, but made them into something more self-seeking and more self-gratifying. They were fake. And so God says to the people, do not worship these little G gods because they are going to corrupt you. They have corrupted the Canaanites. That's why I'm, I'm driving the Canaanites out of the promised land and giving it to you Israelites, because I want you Israelites to show the entire world what the truth is. These other nations around the world are worshiping something false, and I want them to have the truth. And so that's a, what the point of the Israelites was supposed to be. They were supposed to go into the promised land and and basically spread the truth of the law to all of the world around them. But that's not what the Israelites ended up doing. Of course, they ended up just being like the Canaanites and worshiping these other gods that Yahweh did not want the Israelites to worship. Not to mention that just look at the way the people would worship these gods. It was so just selfish. It was just sexual promiscuity. It was burning your own children so you could get what you want. So you could get a year of of a good harvest. That's what these people would do. They'd be like, oh, hey, I'm going to sacrifice my firstborn baby so that I can have a good crop growing season this year. Like that's just nothing but selfishness. And the law was so different. The law was, Jesus actually said the law can be summed up in two ways. Love God first and love others second. So the law was so different. The law taught people to look at other people and to help other people and to not be selfish, but to give of oneself. And if everybody did that, if everybody was less selfish, and everybody thought of other people more, can you imagine what kind of a society this would be? any society, that would be like the best society ever because people would be thinking more about other people and less about themselves. Now, remember the question I posed earlier, do people nowadays still worship Baal, but they just give him another name? And I think in some ways, yes, even though people don't bow down to like a little idol and worship it anymore here in the United States, there's still like aspects of Baalism that people do nowadays. The amount of selfishness and the amount of, you know, focusing in on on pride is one of the big ones I see right now. You know, the whole culture of you do you and there's no moral truth. There's there's just you. So whatever you want and whatever your feelings are, that must be the truth. And that's kind of what people back in the Israelites day used to do. They would just uh, do them. And uh, Baal was kind of the god of that. Baal was the god of, you do you. You need to be selfish in order to succeed. And uh, God was showing the people something different. He was saying, no, no. In fact, selfishness is what causes you not to succeed. You being selfless and humble, that's what's actually going to cause you to succeed. Isn't that interesting? Because uh, selflessness and humbleness are things that we have to learn. You know, we're not We're not born with that. (laughs) You know, kids, like kids are not born with any aspect of humility or selflessness. They are born crying. Like they literally are wailing when they are born into the world and they have to learn humility. They have to learn selflessness. And there's so many proverbs about that. Like there's so many proverbs about how selflessness is actually what's going to help you succeed in life. But the lie of the world is that, no, you need to have more pride. You need to have more selfishness. 
But in actuality, that is a lie. That's what's going to cause you to not succeed in life. If you're only living to satisfy yourself, you're going to have a very unhappy existence, I believe, because you'll be living a life devoid of of purpose. But anyway, guys, I hope that this was interesting to you, and I hope that uh, I I broadened your horizons about the different Old Testament gods that we are going to be discussing coming up in the next um, entire Bible. (laughs) Well, anyway, guys, I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, please share it on your social media platforms and tell people that the Bible Explained podcast exists. I have not read a review in a while, but I'll get back into doing that very soon here. But guys, I hope to see you all tomorrow for an episode out of Acts chapter three. We're going to talk more about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I talked about how everybody goes through a baptism of the Holy Spirit on Thursday's episode and whether or not somebody needs to speak in tongues in order to know that they have the Holy Spirit. So that was a great episode, and we're going to discuss more about that topic tomorrow. So tune in then. I'll see you guys 6 a.m. or whenever you choose to wake up and listen. Happy listening, and God bless.